There's no greater joy in life than becoming a mom or dad. And just when you think you've got the hang of it, you're becoming a parent again for your own mom and dad. If you're raising kids and helping aging parents, welcome aboard. You're one of us in the sandwich generation. This is the Sandwich Generation with Chris Godfrey. Chris was an offensive lineman with the Super Bowl 21 champion New York Giants. Today, he is an estate planning and elder law attorney in South Bend, helping families make the most of their home field advantage. Hello, I'm Chris Godfrey, and welcome to the Sandwich Generation. Our topic today is parenting. And once when somebody asked me what the difference was, at least from my perspective of being a parent, I told them that I thought protecting my kids was. Not so much from the bad actors who are trying to get in through the front door, not that that was a problem, but it really was the bad actors who came into the house through the media and uh, snatching away all the good seed that my wife and I and the kids' school and our church planted. And I really didn't want that to be replaced with false ideas that would eventually hurt my children. So our guest today has spent her lifetime both protecting and spreading good seed. Dr. Meg Meeker is a pediatrician from Northern Michigan, married and the mother of four children and now grandmother to five. Do I have that right? You do, yes. She is a prolific author and often seen on various media outlets. She has a website at meekerparenting.com where you can access her many podcasts. She's an old friend, always of good cheer, good advice and encouragement. And I wanted you all to get a chance to meet her if you haven't already. So welcome to our show, Meg. Oh, Chris, thanks for inviting me. It's nice to see you again. Yes, we first met many years ago. Can't recall what, but it's been at least 10 years. We were both invited by the Archdiocese of Boston to come up and create a program by the uh, Archbishop Cardinal Sean O'Malley in the wake of the sexual abuse scandal that he had inherited. And part of that was a DVD called Know Yourself that we created together for for parents to watch with their young teens. And since there was already an education program in place at that time, Meg, I often wonder what was so attractive about our program? What would your thoughts be? What was so attractive about the program that we brought in lieu of some of the other secular models that were being used? You know, well, first of all, I think your approach, your worldview of sexuality and sexual activity, which was really what I had been talking about, trying to get kids not to be sexually active during their teen years and really teaching kids to be chaste and to feel good about it and proud. And I think that whenever you view that subject and talking about that subject from a secular view, it's very, very different than approaching it from a Catholic view, because we can talk about the virtues. We can talk about how this is what God wants for their life. We can bring in depth and richness. And that's really what your program did. So it brought a tough subject that a lot of parents kind of felt queasy talking to their kids about from a biblical standpoint, a positive standpoint, but then you also sort of wrapped everything into life and made it really attractive for kids and it was fun. So that's what I loved about your program. It was real life. Yeah, thank you. And and I what I really loved about yours is that it was such a nice compliment because you had a best-selling book out at the time called Epidemic, How Teen Sex is Killing Our Kids. And we were taught we kind of began with, you know, teen sex was killing the children they produced. 
Mm-hmm. It's a very pro-life message. And what we were presenting was a really uh, a strong, positive message. But our motivation was to protect our children from the other harms that were laying out there by following seemingly, you know, good alternatives. A n- number of years have passed since we worked together there. And I was wondering, when I was looking through your book again the other day, I was wondering, are sexually transmitted diseases still a danger to our kids? You know, Chris, sadly, they are. And this is one of the things I think that goes right by parents and it goes right by kids. Since you and I started working together, drug companies now come out with the Gardasil, the HPV vaccine, because the HPV, which causes cervical cancer, is a sexually transmitted infection. But most kids have no idea about that. And now we're immunizing them against that. So Most pediatricians, when kids are 10, 11, or 12, are immunizing kids against HPV, but often not telling them where they're getting it. And I think that's immoral. I I think that if there's a preventable infection like HPV, kids need to know, look, um, we have the shot. But you can prevent this. And the way to prevent it is to delay sex until you're married. And you know what, Chris? Kids can, if they hear a positive message and they they hear why they should do that, and we tell them about the infections that really are on the rise, HPV is just one of them, they get it and they will respond to what we say. So sadly, we still have a whole lot of STDs out there that really nobody wants to talk about. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. Are the vaccines themselves safe otherwise? You know, the vaccines are, though I will admit, at first, I I didn't want to give them to my patients because I I wanted to see if they really were safe. They are safe. And I know that a large part of your audience is going to say, wait a minute, I'm not going to vaccinate my kids. And I understand that. Personally, I don't vaccinate 10, 11, 12-year-old kids. I wait until kids are older in their teens before I vaccinate because I want to make sure those kids understand why they're getting it. So they've been around long enough. They are safe. And many Catholics don't want to immunize thinking, well, I can teach my child to wait until they're married. The problem is, even if your child is a virgin when they're married, if they marry a non-virgin, they can get the HPV. Mm. So you know, and, and a lot of girls are schooled in waiting till they're married, but a lot of guys aren't, sadly. So often if, if a guy who's a great guy, but has had one or two, you know, partners before he marries your daughter, you really need to protect your daughter. So that's why I encourage vaccinations. Mm-hmm. You're listening to The Sandwich Generation on Redeemer Radio. I'm Chris Godfrey, and my guest is Dr. Meg Meeker, a pediatrician from Northern Michigan and a recognized authority on raising teens. Well, doctor, I think protecting kids from bad media influences is a lot harder today than I was doing it when when our little ones are coming up. And I I actually just bought a book for my kids the other day that was kind of updated uh, dealing with social media because I know how difficult that is and how important that was for me as a parent and how much more difficult it's going to be for them in our present media-saturated age. And I was wondering what kind of advice you would give parents today, and in particular, how to handle social media. Oh, it's a great question because it's one of the biggest problems that I see in my practice, uh, social media with girls. First of all, the bad news. We know that social media in girls, the longer a girl's on social media, the higher her risk for depression and even suicide. So there's a direct link 
between depression and use of social media in girls. And I've seen this in my practice. It's addictive and girls don't feel good about themselves. So social media is a real problem. Boys tend to get hooked on video games more than social media, but they do use the social media. So what is a parent to do? That's a million dollar question. Mm. I recommend helping parents wean their kids down from screen time in general, and particularly social media and video games for boys Mm -hmm. and say, okay, in our family, we're going to have one hour in the evening where none of us are going to be in front of a screen. And everybody will scream and holler, I have, I have homework, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it takes me three hours to do something that should take half an hour because I'm on the internet all the time. Um, and, and so set some clear guidelines in your home and set them for the family. And that means for you as well. Mm. Truth is, we use our phones way too much. And so I'm, I'm battling this as well. So begin by saying, okay, there's one hour in the morning and one hour in the evening where no screens are allowed. And if that's too much for you, start with half an hour and then wean everybody down. And that will really help unhook your kids from screens. And then it's nice to get them down to, say, using screens for recreational purposes just an hour or two a day. Are there other uh, new challenges out there facing parents today that we didn't experience? Oh, my. Well, I think that computers are the big one. I think the other thing, too, that's very, very important is if your kids go to a public school, that the teachers in public schools are trained against Catholic values, Christian values in general, if you will. For instance, they are trained in being socially accurate. For instance, this whole transgender thing is a nightmare. Mm. And teachers are trained that if your child's in third or fourth grade and Susie wants to be called Sam, that you, third grader, must call her Sam because if you don't, you're a mean person. So your third grader comes home. I get these questions all the time, Chris. My child is told to call Susie Sam. She's very confused because she sees a girl and and her teacher says, you have to, what do I do? And so parents are fighting a lot of social ills. I I say we've really normalized crazy in in our world. And so challenges like this, challenges like social challenges, like teaching our kids about things in kindergarten and first grade and second grade that would make your hair stand on and like this transgender thing. So parents, if your kids are in a public school, you need to know what curricula your kids are reading not just for social values, but also in history. You know, are they giving them history books that aren't accurate history? So unfortunately, you know, parents need to be be on top of all this kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. And it's really hard for them. Oh, I can imagine. But when you when you talk about raising kids and you tell them how to stay safe and what to do, do 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 the teenagers actually listen to their parents? What well, depends on who's teenagers. Mine didn't really listen to me. Yours probably don't listen to you, but everybody else's teenagers listen to me. They do, Chris. And, and I'll tell you why. Um, kids are connected to us because of love, because God created a need in us and a need in our kids for relationship. Their primary relationship, of course, is with God. Their secondary relationship of importance is with their parents. So they know deep down, they love us, they need us. And we know that with our kids as well. The trick we have with our teenagers is to learn how to 
how to navigate life with them so that they will talk. And I think one of the biggest reasons kids won't talk to their teenagers is because we overspeak. We are so intense on teaching, 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 teaching mm-hmm. to make sure they understand and they get our ideas and they get mm-hmm. our values and they soak them in that we don't listen to them. And kids who are preached at, because we only get maybe an hour a day with them and we need to jam it all in. This is what I do with my kid. And, you know, my son one time at 18 said, mom, why, why do you use so many words? He said, you say, he said, you say the same thing over and over. And I said, that's just what I do. So I learned to, to say less and listen more. And that really is the key. Watch your kids, study your kids. Ask them a question at a time when they're relaxed and around bedtime is the perfect time. And and when you ask a question, hey, hey, how was your day today? Or how did soccer practice go? Or, you know, I know you've got that kid in your class who's struggling with this. How is he doing? And then be quiet and listen. And if your kids don't want to listen, then go back a week later, two weeks later. So kids really do want to talk to their parents more than we think, but they're hesitant because they think that we're not going to like them. We're not going to like their ideas and we're going to push them away. So um, we need to understand that underneath it all, they really do want us. And we just got to learn how to navigate teenagehood a little bit. Uh, Great advice. Well, you're listening to The Sandwich Generation on Redeemer Radio. I'm Chris Gonfrey. My guest today is pediatrician, Dr. Meg Meeker. She's an author and frequent contributor to national media outlets interested in Christian parenting. Her podcast can be found at www.meekerparenting.com. And and Meg, I really loved your website, by the way. Uh, Some of the pictures you use are just so real and very human, which is what I admire most about your work, especially as it relates to raising boys. You know, my wife and I thought that our boys' female teachers would have benefited from your insights when we were going through it. Do you have a top three tips you might give female teachers of uh, young males and, and, and teaching them and raising them and understanding them? Oh, absolutely. Every playground needs a couple of big trees in it. And so that boys can climb, female teachers need to understand boys learn very differently than girls. They don't color in the lines in first and second grade. You know, they don't sit there and listen. A lot of boys are just antsy. They need to get up and move. And it doesn't mean they have attention issues. They just, a lot of boys just need to move around. So first of all, teachers, if you're having trouble with a boy, try not to put him down or even talk down to him in the classroom. A lot of times teachers can do that because the girls are behaving and the boys aren't and the boys get the sense that you don't like me, I'm bad. If a boy is acting up in class, don't keep him in at recess for punishment. Send him out. He's got to go out. It's the worst thing you can do to a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, realize that a lot of boys learn later than girls. So a lot of girls will read well in first grade, but boys may not. Maybe they're going to read better in second grade, even third. Don't label that child as having something wrong with him. I see this all the time. You know, um, boys just learn differently, you know, and third, talk to the boy as though he's capable and that his masculinity and his difference from girls is good. It's not bad. You know, champion the differences in class early on between the boys and the girls. Don't put the boys down. That's the biggest thing I see happening in early grade school, and then particularly in middle school with boys too. Hmm. 
Yeah, we could have used your advice back to a number of these things you just said don't do, we've seen happen. Yeah. You also encourage fathers in their roles as uh, fathers of young daughters. Mm -hmm. In fact, you wrote a wonderful book entitled Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters. Can you share a couple of sneak previews of advice that you offer in that book? Oh, sure. That was my most fun book to write, Chris. You know, I've written seven. And for me, that I just loved. That just sort of came out of my heart. Fathers need to understand that in a daughter's life, you are the big presence. You know, a father is a daughter's first male love. Dads don't feel like that. So what I really tried to do in the book is allow dads to see who they are in their daughter's eyes. Um, For instance, a father is the most important man in a daughter's life. And dads, a lot of divorced dads go, no, 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 you don't understand my, you know, she has a good relationship with her mom. Her relationship with her mom is very different from a relationship with you. So a father shows a young girl how to be treated by men. Can she trust men? Can she love men? Are men going to love her? And are they safe? And so a father sets a template for his daughter for how she should expect men to behave towards her and how she can relate to men. So that's going to affect her relationship with her brothers, her friends, her boyfriend, uh, even her husband, and very importantly, God. You know, if a girl learns that her, her earthly father is going to abandon her, why in the world would she want to know God the Father? Mm-hmm. Because because he's he in her mind he's a father too. So fathers are enormous in a daughter's life, and in the book, I really needed to dads to see who they are through their daughter's eyes. And that, you know, I say every woman takes one man to her grave and it's her dad. If she's really lucky, she takes two, her husband as well. But a daughter has a love for her father, a need for her father that is at the core of who she is. So if, if a daughter, when a dad either wants, if she had a good dad, she wants more time with him. If she had a broken relationship or was abandoned by dad, she needs more healing with him. But you, you can't get away from that in a, in a woman's heart, that need for that dad. Mm, wonderful. You also wrote a book, uh, Strong Mothers, Strong Sons. Mm-hmm. And sounds like uh, right off the recruiting trail, my late friend Brian Bulak was a very successful director of football recruiting at the University of Notre Dame. And he said his secret was finding out how big the mother was, not the dad, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's, it. That's it. Yeah. I would imagine well, the character has a big part of that. Of, to do with all of that too. You want a, a good kid on your team that's got to fight hard and work through things. And what kind of uh, good things can mothers pass along other than their genes? <laughs> yeah. Well, moms can pass on a whole lot. And it's really kind of fun when you see athletes and football players like you are, you know, in front of a screen in a big game, they're always yelling hi to their mom, usually not their <laughs> father. But, but here's why, you know, mothers in those early years, the first 10 years of a boy's life, teach the son sort of, they give him an emotional vocabulary for it. The mothers are the ones that allow the child to sort of feel and to express himself. And dads are like, don't cry, you know, boys, guys don't cry, boys don't cry. But he feels very close and secure and stable because of his mother. But then as he gets older into his teen years, it starts to be all about dad. And dad is the one who shows him sort of what a good man looks like. A mother during those teen years, and that's the real tricky part. The real tricky part is what does a mother do during those teen years? When a boy 
you know, his, his voice is getting lower. He's starting to shave and he looks at his mom, like, um, mom, you're a little creepy. And she's looking at him like, you're taller than I am. How do I do this? But, <laughs> but, but a mother who raises a great son is one who in his middle teens and later teens really challenges him to figure out his own problems, to not draw him closer to her and say, you need me, need me. I'll figure out your problems but to push him away and say, you got this. And that's where a lot of the boy's strength comes from is during those teen years, those early manhood years, pushing him and saying, you don't need me to do this. Mm. You can do it. But if, if, and this is what happens, the other, the flip side of that is what happens too frequently today where mothers will pull the, the son closer, closer. You need me, need me. And that's why you have mothers going to kids' college campuses and doing their son's laundry and selling <laughs> food. And, you know, and you have these 25-year-olds that don't want to leave home because mom's going, you need me, need me. But a, yeah. a really good mom can develop strong character in her son by showing him and challenging him what he can do, not what he can't do. And that's a, a ridicule, real critical thing between that mother-son relationship that a father-daughter relationship doesn't have. A dad doesn't need to push a daughter out. A dad can stay close to his daughter forever and ever and ever. But a mom needs to really be able to let her son become a man. And then when he's a full man, he's in his 20s, then he can come back and be close to his mom. Hmm. This is the Sandwich Generation. I'm Chris Godfrey, and we're on Redeemer Radio. And with me is Dr. Meg Meeker, author and media go-to person for Christian parenting. Most importantly, she's a mother and grandmother. And Meg, I would like to explore this new area of life that we're both entering into, and that's being grandparents. And I would like to just, uh, you, you think so deeply on all these other family relationships. I was wondering what insights you could give us about the role that grandparents play within families or the role that they could play if perhaps their adult children invited them more into the lives of the grandchildren and whatnot. And have you thought much about that? Oh, sure. Because I'm very actively involved in my grandchildren's lives. Again, I think this is a real challenge that is occurring in grandparents our age because we grandparent differently than our parents' grandparented. My, my parents really didn't babysit my kids. They were wonderful grandparents, but my mom just said, you know, I'm kind of not a baby person, so you're on your own. <laughs> it's like, and, but to me, that was okay. You know, but to me, that was okay. But now, because of divorce rates and, and other things, grandparents are much more involved in helping raise their grandchildren. But it makes it really tricky because in order to be good grandparents, we have to stay in the graces of our kids. So that means that we have to navigate this grandparenting thing very carefully. For instance, we can't overstep our bounds. You know, we can't just show up at our kid's house and walk in and kind of take over. We have to give them notice that we're coming to respect their family. You know, my daughter lives a mile from me and she has three and a half year old twins. And I even let her ask if I can come over because I want to honor her unit with her, her husband and, and mm -hmm. the kids. You know, so those kinds of things, you have to realize that these aren't your kids. Yeah. Even though you feel like they're your kids and you want them to be your kids, they're not. Mm -hmm. So you have to ask parents what they want for your kids and honor that. But it's hard. For instance, grandparents want to spoil their grandkids. And I get that 
But if you're with your grandkids a lot and your kids want to feed their children kale, you know what, Chris, God had not invented kale when we were little. I I mean, where did kale come from? I don't know, but (laughs) parents are now feeding these kids these wonderful, healthy things. And my little grandkids walk around drinking green smoothies. I don't know what's... (laughs) I I couldn't stomach that. But anyway... So my daughter feeds her kids really healthy things. And since I'm with her kids a lot, I can't go and feed her kids McDonald's, okay? Because if I did that a few times, she'd like, mom. um," So in other words, I have to honor her food choices for her kids within reason, honor her parenting styles. You know, if you're a spanker and your kids don't want their kids spanked, you don't spank their kids. You know, you just figure out what the ground rules are and even ask your kids, you know, wh- what do you want? How do you want me to handle discipline? How do you want me to handle food? How do you want me to handle nap time? How do you want me to handle time, time out? Just a few basic things to make sure your kids feel that you're honoring them as they parent. Then they're going to let you into their kids' lives and it's going to go a whole lot smoother. But I think the biggest trouble that we get into as grandparents is feeling like, we have a right to do whatever we want with those grandkids, and we really don't. Yeah. So we have to be very careful. Well, it sounds like there's a good reason why we keep our young ones safe from all the things that could harm their relationships, because parents have the opportunity to create the strongest team on earth, you know, with the young being guided by their elders and the elders relying upon the young, and both of them giving the best of themselves to each other and always in the presence of God who provides whatever is lacking. So thanks for being with us today, Meg, and sharing your wisdom and a couple of those books. I would encourage people to pick them up. And more importantly, it's been really great catching up with you. Oh, it sure has, Chris. Thanks so much. It's good to see you and talk with you again. I'm so excited about your podcast. It's so important to talk about parenting and grandparenting from a Christian perspective. So I thank you for doing that. And I want to uh, encourage our listeners to visit Dr. Meeker's website at meekerparenting.com, where you can catch more of the same on her podcasts. I'm Chris Godfrey, and you've been listening to The Sandwich Generation, where we are better because of each other. See you next time. If you have a question about today's topic, feel free to email us at sandwichgeneration at redeemerradio.com. Comments by the host or any of his guests should not be construed as legal advice. If you would like to register for the free estate planning workshop, How to Protect Your Stuff in Three Easy Steps, visit GodfreyLawOffices.com or call 574-237-9000. And if you would like to receive our Friends of God rosary booklet, please send a free will offering to Redeemer Radio at RedeemerRadio.com forward slash sandwich. You can download this or any other episode of our show by searching The Sandwich Generation with Chris Godfrey wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to like and subscribe. You've been listening to The Sandwich Generation with Chris Godfrey, a production of Redeemer Radio.